I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or play volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to camp in San Diego, hike Eaton Canyon, surf in Hawaii, or rock climb in Joshua Tree, to have fun with friends and not feel limited. I want to run Mount Wilson, swim in the ocean, bike to the beach. I want to do things where I love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Today we're going to talk about obstacles and how they're good for us. Last episode, we talked about motivation and discussed our experiences as moms and running up Mount Wilson Trail together. And Leandra spoke about her emotions and how they hinder her from exercising. And she has done quite a bit of extensive work to be emotionally healthy. And as she's done this work, she feels a little lighter to say yes. I want to remind everyone she does have her master's degree in social work. And she specializes in work with children and families. So welcome, Leandra. Thank you. Thanks for being here with Fun me again. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so let's talk a little deeper about what you talked with me about last time. Sure. I'd like to talk about some of these obstacles you talked about. Is tell me about a time in your life when you experienced an obstacle. Tell me about that. Um, <laughs> so many stories. Yeah. I was even, I think it's a daily thing, really. Um, just bumping up against just barriers to exercising and just mm-hmm. joy and confidence in myself physically and emotionally. Even this morning, like prepping for this podcast, you know, I had some angst about it hmm. and I had a couple cookies this morning, gluten-free cookies. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> when I could have ran. Yeah. I had a little relapse. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. So that is so benign compared to experiences in my past. But I'm just saying it's still daily. I bump up against mm-hmm. things that keep me, emotions that keep me from doing what would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me about your story. Tell me yeah. about those not so Let's talk about childhood. Yeah. A little bit. So... I'd say in my life, I've been in survival mode. I'd say most of my life. Hmm. Um, I've had a lot of trauma, just experiences that I'd say were less than ideal Mm -hmm. in my childhood, just growing up. So my dad left when I was really young, five, left one morning and never came back. I found myself pregnant at the age of 16. That was another really traumatic event. So these are years when my brain's still forming. Mm -hmm. And in this trauma, I think I developed coping mechanisms, just a survival mode. And in that, I just became codependent. Mm -hmm. And codependent's kind of a pop culture word, but... I would say it's. I just became very small in survival mode where I stopped considering myself and I tried to make everything okay and everybody okay. Mm-hmm. So that was my survival mode was more and more I became less and less aware of myself, my feelings, able to voice those feelings, and my world became making everyone else okay. Mm-hmm. And if everybody else is okay, then our connection is going to be okay, and they won't leave me. 
mm-hmm. like my dad did when I was five. Mm-hmm. The survival mode that I've really lived in, um, even up until recently, um, has really – I just haven't seen myself and therefore physical activity or caring for myself in that way hasn't even been on the radar mm-hmm. because I wouldn't know that what, that was even like really a piece of me uh, to be considered because I was so busy every day my brain tells me I'm scanning other people mm-hmm. and seeing how to make everything okay with them. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say it wasn't until probably the last couple years that I've really been practicing considering myself more. And physical fitness mm-hmm. is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. That's been more consistent as I've more consistently been able to see mm-hmm. myself emotionally. So tell me a little bit more about the codependent piece. Help me understand what that yeah. looks looked like for you. For me, and I didn't even know mm-hmm. that uh, I was doing this. <laughs> this is just the way I coped. This yeah. was my survival mode. When your dad leaves and you're sad, um, I cried in my room. It wasn't a conscious thing that people were like, you need to make other people happy. So from childhood, I've kind of started, my brain started forming this, is I have the power to make other people happy. Mm -hmm. Um, So my dad left. I was, I'm sure what that did to little Leandra. I'm sure she was crushed, devastated, but I never showed that to the world. I cried in my room Mm -hmm. quietly, and then I came into the world um, outside of my door, and I was happy. Mm -hmm. So looking back at little Leandra, the way that she operated then, I learned that at such a young age, and I continued with this pattern. I got into a healthy relationship with a guy who I felt like someone when I was with him. Mm -hmm. Handsome, prom king, all these different things. He didn't treat me well, Mm -hmm. but somehow when I was with him, I felt bigger. Mm -hmm. I felt maybe seen because I was with him. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, this is all subconscious. I'm not aware of this until later, and I start doing my work. But... With all of those things happening, there comes times where I'm realizing this dynamic isn't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Obstacles come up, and I realize I'm not happy, and there's got to be another way. Mm-hmm. So I've had moments probably of just desperation where I've been able to find a different way to do this mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like having my son. Yeah. People might say that huge obstacle, 16 and mm-hmm. pregnant. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those pivotal moments where I found another way. Mm-hmm. This relationship isn't working. This unhealthy relationship, um, some abuse, emotional abuse for sure, verbal, verbal abuse for sure. It just wasn't working anymore. Yeah. So I had to find another way. Mm-hmm. So, But until I look at all of that, those things, I could be emotionally flooded and uh, – as a codependent, you don't know what your feelings actually are because you're mm-hmm. not used to considering them. Okay. So I'm flooded with emotion. I can't get up to work out. That's not even a possibility because I'm just thrown by waves of my emotions mm-hmm. because I don't even know what they are. Yeah. I haven't yet started looking at them. Mm-hmm. So that's the journey of actually starting to look and consider myself more so that my emotions just totally run the show mm-hmm. in my life. They have in the past. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't even make the choice to go work out because my emotions told me what I was doing for the day. So if we talk about obstacles, yeah, the emo- your emotional, what you were experiencing, 
became a huge obstacle for just eat, being able to get up. Oh, sure. Commit. Yes. Make any kind of structure. Yeah. Or... Because taking care of people mm-hmm. is exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just so tired. Right. Yeah. And I didn't even know why. Like, yeah. my norm is just lethargic. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I'm just a tired person. I'm just tired. All the, the time. time. All the time. Yeah. Running, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm going to be Probably sounded around. terrible. Oh, really. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't do yeah. this. And then some of our runs, I think we went pretty deep mm-hmm. in conversation, too. Yeah. Like, I wonder, was that tiring sometimes to even go, yeah. oh, do I need to meet Beth today? Because she's yeah. probably going to ask she's me She's going to ask stuff. really <laughs> annoying questions and provoke things. That, <laughs> and it's going to come out. I'm going to have no idea what to do, what with, to it. do with it. So you can cancel the run Yeah, the let's week. just <laughs> not do that one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, thank you for sharing. That's, yeah. Um, I think, really significant as we talked last time, how we know what we need to be doing, but our emotional, uh, like we just can't. Yeah. Because our emotions yeah. really can be big hindrances to functioning in life, you for know? For sure. For sure. Because mm-hmm. now, even now, when emotions come, I've been able to unpack enough of that where I can kind of talk to myself and be like, Leandra, you know. Yeah. So what does that look like for you now? Because you... Yeah. Talk about how you're able to meet us on the trail Sunday morning at 6.30 easier. Right. Like, what has been that journey for you? How? Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the journey to health. Yes. And the type of therapy you've been doing. Intense therapy. I go weekly. Mm -hmm. And probably the last couple years, just very intentional at unpacking it. And that means looking at myself, considering mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. seeing myself, mm-hmm. allowing other people to see me. And okay. I think that is very painful mm-hmm. when you've grown up to not share those things and keep it to yourself. Um, kind of exposing yourself to the world for the first time, it's painful and it's scary and it continues to be. But I'm more aware of who I am now mm-hmm. and why I am the way that I am or the triggers that I have. And so sometimes I can go back to little Leandra and be like, that's okay. That's, that's not real. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to leave. No one's going to leave right now okay. just because, you know, if you don't share well in your podcast today, mm-hmm. no one's going to leave. You don't have mm-hmm. to have anxiety about that. Mm-hmm. You really don't have to eat all those cookies. <laughs> 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 They're still really good. <laughs> but I was able to quickly go there okay. versus just be flooded and so I can tell myself, okay, I'm going to let you – it's okay. Eat the mm-hmm. cookies. Mm-hmm. You will run later this week, though, Leandra. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. isn't – you know, yeah. where before I would just be flooded and it would just paralyze me from doing activity or anything that was – you know, things that were healthy for me, mm-hmm. just regular routine and patterns of health. So I think just knowing myself more. Good. I'm able to – when I have emotions – Um, My friend was just telling me this. The emotions can come and visit you. And they don't have to stay. They don't Mm -hmm. have to stay forever. Mm -hmm. You know, you can can sit with them a little bit or you can say, no, you know, I'm not going to sit in that right now. So the um, emotions for you, I mean, are you able to name them? Like what emotions paralyze you the most from... Oh, yeah. Living, like what? Oh, yeah. Rejection or... For sure. Rejection wound, for sure, is a big one. Um, so my codependency, the need 
to make people happy, just that pattern. So realizing when that it's not my job anymore. So relieving myself of some of that Mm -hmm. and just shame that I'm not okay the way that I am. Maybe people have told me that in the past or have experienced that in the past. And so when I bump up against shame, asking myself what that is Mm -hmm. and if it's a truth Mm -hmm. or is it there a new truth that I need to tell my brain so that I can move on in Mm -hmm. my day Mm -hmm. or if there is some sadness in there to be sad Mm -hmm. but not to be confused you know like I can I can sift through it much easier I Mm -hmm. think I've gotten to know myself a lot better Mm -hmm. where I'm able to do that and just be compassionate yeah that's still a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being compassionate when I'm not healthy. Mm-hmm. I know what maybe emotional health really looks like. And if I'm not there because little Leandra still has her thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings that she's carried from childhood that haven't been repaired or yeah. changed. So it's easy for me to um, go back to those old truths. You yeah. Know? But good. Yeah. And tell me about the circles. We were talking the other night about circles and how that has helped you be able to frame keeping other people's – because it seems like when you experience shame, that's coming from someone else, right? Um, Or do you think it's coming from inside? Yeah, and probably what I believe about myself or what I have learned to believe about myself. Um, But the circles is really, really great. It's a kind of a boundary exercise from Brad Reedy. He's a great therapist. Uh, He's based out of Utah. So he has the circles where we have our circle that we try to stay within. And -hmm. that's our job is to protect our circle, stay in our circle, keep other people out of our circle. So that's my circle. And then you have a circle Mm -hmm. and your job is the same. Mm -hmm. Stay in your circle, keep others out. Mm -hmm. And then we have a relationship circle that we can each step into and have conversation there. Um, But I think as a codependent, You operate. I jump circles. I go into people's circles and try to make them okay when really that isn't my circle to be operating in. So when you try to make someone else happy. Right. That's not your circle to get into. No. When I micromanage maybe something for you, Mm -hmm. well, that's not even my space that I need to be in. Mm -hmm. Those aren't needs that I need to meet. And I would, as a codependent, just go circle hopping and Mm -hmm. forget about my circle. I probably didn't even live there. I probably lived in other people's circles Mm -hmm. most of the time. So as we talk about obstacles today, we're yeah. talking about how they're good for us. Yes. So could we talk <laughs> a little this. bit about what you've shared so far about maybe your dad and how that has formed you and how your experience with him has helped you or maybe your yeah. being pregnant at 16? Yeah. I mean, this is the path. Yes. And it's been an amazing uh, yeah. journey, yeah. adventure. Yeah. And I think that whole experience with my dad, I mean, wet print years, I was four or five. And so those definitely created ways of being with people that showed up, you know, in my relationship with my son's dad and getting pregnant at 16. And so um, I think I was mostly in survival mode all of mm-hmm. those years. And then mm-hmm. having my son kind of survival mode, survival mode. Um, but something in that switched where I was able – well, I went to school. I did my master's, right, mm-hmm. um, for ther- to do therapy. 
and I was a therapist in a middle school. So these kids would come in and just, they're working through stuff, and I just saw myself in them. Yeah. And they they just had issues, and it was all the same. It might have looked different, but it was just loneliness, mm-hmm. not being accepted, not being okay with who they were. And I realized, wow, teenage Leandra, hmm. maybe this is a time to pause and go check out teenage Leandra hmm. and see, and even younger, and see what's going on. Um, because I realized I just survival mode. I powered through. Just yeah. keep going to school. Had a son. Kept going. Kept going. Mm-hmm. You know, undergrad. Go to graduate school for mm-hmm. four years. Like just keep Amazing. going. You know, you just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I stopped, and I started considering myself and mm-hmm. started going to therapy, and that was very very painful. And those, I think, starting therapy is when it's like opening a wound. And then, like, poking at it. Mm-hmm, I mean, it's mm-hmm. terribly painful. I, as a PT. Terrible. <laughs> right? Yeah. To get better yeah. and do that pain mm-hmm. of... Um, and then to open up a wound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... That isn't healed. No. It's so pretty Those were really painful. tough times. Um, probably, like, five years ago. Um, so I was doing a cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. um, which was really helpful as an introduction. Um, but my therapist would say things like... Oh, yeah. Like, you need to talk to your mom or your dad. You need to talk to your dad. That's a big question mark. Um, but I was just so used to repressing all that. Oh, my yeah. dad. He's such a non-thing. Yeah. But our brains remember. Mm-hmm. Our brains remember. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, there is something to that. Um, and I started doing emotion focused therapy. Mm-hmm. And that is where the journey really in the last year um because I looked at my my feelings, hmm. and my feelings can tell me so much about what's going on instead of behaviorally what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So we've even been talking about that, like setting goals. You know, we set crazy goals, but to just focus on today. Like, mm-hmm. what can you do today? Mm-hmm. And that was really helpful because um, as I started doing my work, it's good. naturally one day came up, and I was ready to see my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we tell that story? <laughs> do we have time for that story? <laughs> that is, I think yeah. we do. It's all things in life that happen before I'm ready usually have Beth <laughs> involved. <laughs> involved somehow. Somehow. Pushing me. Yes. So, yeah, I had done a lot of work, and we were in Havasu on vacation, and there was workouts happening there, of course, with Beth there. And he actually lives in Arizona. And so Beth's like, oh, my goodness, I forgot, right? I forgot you had a dad because you don't talk about your dad. (laughs) Right. Ever. Right. I think Barrett, your husband, was talking about his dad. I was talking about my dad. We were all kind of talking about our dads. (laughs) And then I realized you have a dad, (laughs) which I knew that, but you just never talked about him. So talk about repressing. Yeah. There's repressing. I mean, this is just an example of things that I must be repressing Right? There's yeah. rooms in my heart that mm-hmm. I just keep closed. Mm-hmm. And that has got to take energy mm-hmm. out of me. Yeah. So um, I decided, with the encouragement of you, just go see him. Yep. And I just went and saw him. Yep. Got a contact. Got in the car. Called him, got in the car, hadn't heard from him. Texted me right when I got into town. And we talked and I asked questions that helped me see me even more. And so what do you think you learned from that? Like just Oh, I just felt experience. so empowered. Oh, I felt good. so empowered. I just called that meeting with him and I said, tell me, tell me about me, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I was just able to see little Leandra mm-hmm. and know that I was somebody that it was hard to walk away from. Mm-hmm. 
where before I think little Leandra's brain thought, he just left. Yeah. Never thought about me again. So you were able to reframe. Right. That. That I can, as a 30 year old woman, rewrite my narrative. Yeah. That the truth that I hold for so long may not actually be the case. Mm -hmm. And there's definite excitement and Mm -hmm. liberation and possibilities in that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and how many of us have that? Have those experiences in our life that we saw through the lens of a five-year-old or we saw Mm -hmm. through the lens of a 10-year-old or we saw through the lens of a 15-year-old that probably weren't actually true Mm -hmm. because we were five. Right. We didn't have the ability to see cognitively right bigger right. or understand that there's multiple people right. involved in this situation and the circumstance is so much bigger yeah than we could actually ever realize yeah, Just, yeah. amazing that lens. amazing yeah which i want to keep doing having some obstacles or hindrances yeah. or barriers or baggage mm. you know people always talk about their baggage yeah um we don't have to have it i mean mm. face it like you're doing you're right. doing amazing work right weekly i mean mm. you are a facing yeah. your stuff every yeah. week. I mean, it's like hitting the trail every right. week. Right. And I think about you as you're saying it, just as a PT. It's amazing. And like you're doing your, you know, your exercises every week. Right. That's where change happens. Yeah. I mean, we can't yeah. expect to And it's been a game any changer kind of change. physically. Mm-hmm. And like just you saying the trail, inviting yeah. me on the trail. Mm-hmm. Like I literally am running with you sometimes and I'm just thinking... I had a kid when I was 16. I am married. Yeah. Marriage is hard. If yeah. I can be married. But you're married to And Barrett. work on like, this. he's amazing. Amazing producer he of this is. podcast. He's one of my good friends, Stud too. Muffin. So I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. Big fan of Barrett Soup. But, um, but we can do our it things. It is. Like, uh, and that we can yeah. reflect on life yeah. and the beauty of yeah. it and run and Helps how run. our body is a gift mm-hmm. that we get to experience life through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't think about our bodies yeah. very much. We just go through life. Right. Um, and then also the barriers that we face that we think we can't do, which we talked about last time. Yeah. You know, to, that it is important to push into those barriers or obstacles. Like you got in the car and you went to this here. That's a huge, many reasons why you probably didn't want to do that. Right. <laughs> right. Or scared. But yeah. On the other side of it. Yeah. You know, just the gift. Yeah. That it was in and of itself. Yeah. And power within myself. Yeah. To do something. That we have this. Radical. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. Every day. Is yeah. Any day. It really, once you do it. Uh-huh. Once I did a half marathon with you. Amazing. It opens up possibilities. Yeah. I have actually experienced obstacles physically mm. in my life when I went to grad school because uh, we sat so much. We sat like yeah. 12, <laughs> sometimes 14 hours a day, sitting in lectures, yeah. like five days a week. Right. So that was kind of something that I worked through for a while, mm-hmm. trying to figure that one out. And I could say a series of exercises that I started doing really completely helped me with that. Yeah. So because I've been pregnant three times, right. 2002, 2004, and 2006, that was a huge barrier to physical fitness, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. when you get pregnant, yeah, it's not, yeah, you kind of have to take a break from right your workouts, the norm. Mm-hmm. The norm. So I'd always have to like restart, restart, right. restart, and then I had this really terrible knee pain, yeah, um, that I couldn't run. And so, how was that? It was to, terrible with, to be in that space of just back pain or not being able to do 
what I wanted to yes. do. Yes. Or being a PT stu- student and maybe not being able to figure it out right away. Right. And sitting in that. Yeah. You don't know. I don't know. But, but it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. But you keep at it. And I think that's mm-hmm. where I want to encourage people is there is an answer to pain. I yeah. mean, pain does not have to occupy all of your time, all of your space. And that there is healthy things you can do to really um, change the way you think about your body. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I work with patients on a regular basis that's is great. to help them reframe pain. Right. It's interesting. I feel like people face obstacles very differently. So some might face an obstacle as like a problem to solve. Yeah. Or an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Or I think you see those people of, woe is me. You know, my whole body hurts and I can't move and I can't get out of my chair and I think I'm just going to hide. <laughs> You know, I think I've like look at obstacles as all of these at some point. Uh You know, yeah, yeah. But to become like to be working towards health, I think. Yeah. Funny thing, I think life gives us enough obstacles. Yeah, but the the trail, but the physical, yeah, obstacle Mm -hmm. that makes me just feel powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whether I'm sick or whatever. Just yeah. doing it just makes me feel a connection with myself. And and it's something mm-hmm. about the elevation, mm-hmm. running up. Mm-hmm. It, it's that perspective. Yeah. I feel like emotionally. It's like mm-hmm. so much bigger. You see, you know, the houses and everything below you. Yeah. And it's just a point to check in and just think. It's just a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And there's reward along the way. Yeah. Because the trail is on the edge of a cliff. So it's kind of risky, um, and it's kind of a narrow trail. So when you look down, it's just straight down. Yeah. It's straight down. Yeah, it's kind of dangerous. But you get reward pretty quickly, like where you can have beautiful views. Yeah. You can see all of San Gabriel Valley pretty fast. Right. I mean, in less than, what, a half a mile up? Right. You can get a nice view. And then you go around another corner, and there's a reward. Yeah. So I do think... Even though yeah. that mountain seems pretty rough, yeah, there are there's rewards along the way. There's got to be rewards. Yes, there's got to be rewards. Yeah, thinking about obstacles and how they can give us energy, because as you conquer them, they, I think, do something internally. Um, and then as obstacles, I think of obstacles are necessary for growth. When I work with a person who has balance problems or even like frequent ankle sprains I set up obstacles for them to maneuver around and it gives them it builds confidence Mm -hmm. balance strength and helps them to feel like oh I can jump again or I can stand on one leg so they have to do it right to be able to rehabilitate to get them back to what they were doing that injured their ankle in the first place. Right. So what happens is, is like with an ankle sprain, you know, they played basketball and they rolled their ankle. Mm-hmm. Well, the next time they play basketball, there is going to be a little hesitancy or a little bit of fear or a little anxiety to go and play basketball again because they don't want to have it happen again. So what we do in rehabilitation is we kind of try to simulate the activity or the different movements that they have to do to build confidence very slowly and then get them back to the activity. So to build that confidence or balance or 
power, that strength, but a lot of it really is in your mind. Mm. A lot of people get really nervous about returning to the activity that caused their injury in the first place. Yeah. So it just creates limitations for people. Right. They right. have fear. Yeah. They don't want to have, have it happen again. So they become less active. Yeah. And they become less living life. Yes. Because they're nervous of yes. the injury or the pain. Right. Or the pain. And I see yeah. that fear, I just think of... Uh, like parenting. Yeah. Like you have the fear. Sometimes I project stuff onto my son yeah. because I have the fear of things are going to happen that happened to me right. in the past. That fear. And so then you just kind of hold the reins, hold things on tighter. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, I'm like, oh, wow, this isn't living at all. Yeah. This is probably really hard on me and you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You know? Hard and on everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that fear yeah. is a biggie. Yeah. yeah. So as we think about these obstacles or challenges, how have you experienced this to be good for you? I think I've run, to use running as an analogy, I've run the race <laughs> far enough to know that I have hindsight to know that those obstacles were the treasures of my life mm. that mm-hmm. brought me into a new way to f- seek a different way of being. I mean, being pregnant at 16 is scary, but that boy brought me into a new way of being that I just saved my life and turned mm-hmm. it around in just a lot of ways. And I I mean, being your friend and yeah. meeting you when you were 22, I think. <laughs> your son was five yeah. or six. Yeah, yeah. And I remember meeting you thinking you were an exceptional person. It's very And you are an exceptional person. Thank you. You really are. I mean, what the depth you have, the ability to hold. I see you you as the ability to hold multiple energies. Mm -hmm. And you you do it so well. You really do. And now I think it's less codependent and more fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you are. Thank you. Yeah. You are such a fun person. And you. I th- you just have a depth to you that is very, very mm. enticing, I think, to be your yeah. friend. And I'm, I know, too, um, the friends that you have around you yeah. love to be with you. Yeah. So yeah. I can say those obstacles that you might oh, yeah. say, I mean, those have made you who you are today. For sure. Thank you. So thank you for yeah. sharing. They're great. I'm embracing them. But just reframing how we see obstacles you can embrace them and then figure out how to work through them, which is what you've done in your um, work. Yeah. And thinking how to continue to reframe our obstacles and to, and to try to keep doing that together. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it comes down to loving ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I've recently learned that. Yeah. Is just. Yeah. Beth, you mm. need to be loved mm. by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right where you, know? you are today. Mm-hmm. Today. In pain, absence of pain. Mm-hmm. Just every day. Yep. It's good. So thank you for joining me in Anytime. this second podcast. Anytime. You're the best. Thank you. 
Balanced by Beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice. I'm happy you're here to join me.